series of webinars. Hope you're all safe and sound in your homes while we continue to bring the world's leading experts to you. Today we have with us Ms. Lisa Chastain. Lisa has been coaching, mentoring, and advising millennials for nearly 20 years. From an advisor in higher education to financial advisor and as a seasoned life coach, she's learned what it takes to make dreams become reality. Lisa also had her own personal struggles with learning how to manage her money and live her most authentic life. From being at the top of her game in 2011 to burning through $100,000 to start her own business and reinvent herself through financial failure and divorce, Lisa uses real-life stories and simple strategies and tools to help women get what they want in life. Welcome to the show, Lisa. We're so happy to have you here with us. Grateful to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. So Lisa, my first question to you is, um, look at the job market and the financial environment right now. What do you think lies ahead of us and how do we prepare for a long economic turndown? Well, I think that the, the, the quick answer is no one knows exactly how uh, COVID-19 is going to impact us. I know being in Las Vegas, I've seen over the last several months, businesses close down almost completely and lay off all of their employees. So I feel like we're now, we're just now at the point three or four weeks later where people are going to be running out of money and very desperately looking for the support that they need. Currently, we have unemployment in, in the United States higher than it's ever been. And, and, and we are hopeful that the jobs will come back. But I believe when it comes to our future, there will be a lot of jobs that don't come back. Business owners in, the, in my community and beyond are looking at how they can scale back, be more strategic, be leaner, and, uh, and, and really utilize their, their money better, given that maybe they didn't have what they needed to survive this storm. So the future, I'm always optimistic. I believe that in America and also across the world, we'll figure this out. We always have, we always do. But for the next few months, it's going to be a day-to-day -day situation, especially financially. And I don't think anyone can assume that their, that, that their bailout from the government is coming any day now. We, it's it's gonna be a day-by-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. So, um, according to you, what do the people and businesses do during these times to avoid, you know, avoid panic and confusion that's all around us, and at the same time align ourselves to the changes that are happening? The the great news is that we've, as much as we've never seen something like this in America and worldwide, everybody. The first thing to avoid panic is to remind yourself that the entire world is going through this, and no matter what your business looked like three months ago. Everybody is playing a new game, trying to figure out what to do with their business today. Big business to small business to solopreneur. So I think that helps me avoid the panic, realizing that everyone is having the same conversation and it's a healthy conversation for us to have together and not to blame yourself or get stuck in the, a negative conversation. It is what it is today. And then also knowing that the government, especially the US government, has never put together a bailout package like this before in such a fast manner to support small businesses. So there is help out there. And I think that when it comes to finances, this is the time for us to get creative and use all resources, even if we're not used to asking for help. That's a tough one. That's, it's hard to ask for help. But because we're not in this to get, because we're not in this alone, 
because so many of us are, are true victims to this, that, that, you know, that we have been forced to shut down, close down, stop our operations. And the fact that the government, especially in America, is infusing all of this help, it's on the way. So I think in terms of avoiding panic, we can remind ourselves that it's coming, but it, it's going to take some time to get here and having a a solid game plan to get through the next couple of months is exactly where every business owner should be looking right now, putting together a game plan temporarily. So while uh, big, bigger businesses, I think, might be able to survive this a little better, what would your advice be between you know, entrepreneurs and the startups right now to keep their heads above water? Well, I, I, so I've been having conversations with business owners since this happened. Really, the, it, the same week that our government started putting lockdowns and, and furloughs and requiring businesses to close, I was sitting in a table full with business owners having this exact question, what do we do? The first thing is that um, what I'm a big advocate for is that as a business owner, it's really important first and foremost that we take care of ourselves there are a lot of business owners today I know because I'm one of them who have stopped paying ourselves. And we need to make sure that our households are going to be safe, that our children are going to have food. It is okay for you for just a moment to take a breath and make sure you have what you need as a business owner in your home. The second thing is that you have to trust with all of the employees, a lot of business owners, small businesses especially, have had to furlough or lay off employees know that they have help coming to them as well. There are coaches like me who are coaching and mentoring them also to make smart choices. We don't have to take the whole world on right now ourselves. We just have to do what we can do to make sure we're healthy so that when we rebound, we're there to support our employees with rebounding also. But what I know is so many business owners do not solidly understand their finances. They don't. And when money's not coming in, then it's a really, this is, this is the greatest opportunity for them to get crystal clear about their business finances, understanding what their overhead is. In order to apply for the government funding in America that we have available, they have to have their ducks in a row. So you've got to, as a small business owner, get in there and get to know your finances very well and understand what your runway is with the money that you have available today. How long do you have before you're out of money be willing to look at the worst case scenario because then you can start to go into problem solver mode, which a lot of entrepreneurs are great problem solvers. We've got to identify what that problem is first. And that's true. I mean, don't take one of the worst problems on your shoulders right now. Just, you know, think about yourself and bounce back first and then, you know, do that. Yes. So once the world does go back and reopens and starts getting back to equilibrium, can we expect some effects of the ongoing crisis that it would have us for a time? And do you think we'll be prepared to tackle that? I think as long as we have an open and honest conversation about that, when it comes to epidemics or pandemics, what we know is that it may be, it may be that over time, and we're watching Wuhan do this right now, they're opening back up, businesses are coming back online. But from every business expert that I've spoken to, we're, we're a good 12, 15 months before we have any kind of normalcy back that we'll see that and we are starting to see new hot spots arise and as the um, as the virus itself begins to 
continues to transform, there's just a whole lot that we don't know. So I don't think that it's going to be like immediate that the lights come back on and we're back to normal as businesses. I think that it's more realistically that it's going to take a year or longer for us to understand and, and smooth out some of the bumps of, of this road and figure out what to do moving forward. So I would say prepare for a longer, a longer recovery process for sure. In such a scenario, Lisa, how do we prioritize different expenses in an emergency? What are the ways to do that? Well, going back to the uh, a couple of comments ago is that business owners don't clearly understand their finances, especially baby business owners or smaller businesses, where you have to understand your cash flow first and foremost. And when you understand your cash flow, you understand what your actual cost to run your business is. And that's the, the number that you have to get very clear about and look at what your actual costs are and prepare to run a lean business. Ask yourself, what do we really need to run our business to be able to not just profit, but to keep our heads above water? And that's the first number that we need to focus on. Also just making sure that this may not be the, the, the well, for a lot of businesses, they're, they're thinking about how they can recreate themselves so that they can provide a need and that there are a lot of businesses that are born out of recessions and economic downturns. So we can look at that right now. So two, two things I think that businesses can focus on right now. How do we make sure our needs are met? Basic needs, if this isn't necessarily growth mode, but if there is any money to invest right now, I think it would be looking at where the economy will, will be headed after this, what services are going to be in high demand. Delivery services are going to be in high demand. There, um, retail, I think retail was struggling before this downturn. I don't think retail is coming back in the same way that it, that it was. And so you've got to understand your market and what the needs of the market are going to change. Your business better be ready to change with those needs. And that's what they should be focusing on right now. So um, how do you see the situation uh, right now, you know, with COVID-19 affecting the startup, especially and the VC scene as a whole? Ooh. <laughs> Just knowing knowing some friends that are in start that are in the middle of startups right now, I've got a great friend of mine who just created an app. And for sure, startups can anticipate that they won't have the launch and the profit that they were anticipating, even as a business owner. My sales have dwindled. My current clients are still on retainer, but my ability to attract and bring in new clients is, is changing because people are pulling back right now. They're constricting financially, which they should be. They should be in a more conservative model. So for venture capitalists, for um, any startup right now, the real question to ask is, does my, does my company, does my, my service, is it going to address the needs not only right now in COVID-19? If so, how? How can I get in front of those people? And what do I need to change about the technology that I'm creating or the service that I'm offering to meet the needs, not today, but the needs that we're going to have in three or six months? So if they can pivot 
So I know today's topic was about pivot. If they can pivot successfully and quickly, they'll, I think they'll still be okay. They just might, might want to be more conservative. Like a lot of experts are saying right now, don't worry about your first quarter projections, second quarter projections. A lot of that planning that you do to, to get um, into a, a JV or a venture capitalist relationship, that planning's kind of out the door right now. So you may not be able to look at your typical balance sheet and projections, but what you got to do is think about where do I want to be in the third and fourth quarter this year? That's where I would be headed right now, thinking about even early next year, how to keep moving, but maybe not dumping in so many resources right now to launch. Maybe you scale it back and you look at third and fourth quarter to launch. That'd be my recommendation. So, Parity, what are some of the things that businesses should not do at all right now? Should not do at all? <laughs> well, um, most service-based businesses right now are probably in their in a question about whether or not they maintain operations and if they've been advised by their local governments to not maintain their operations to close down they should do that um, even here in Las Vegas we've had businesses um, they you know I, I don't think that the government will do well I don't think that they'll be afraid of you know, giving sanctions to businesses who are not following proper guidelines right now. So I think that they should, instead of thinking about their bottom line, really be concerned about people's health and take the help that's out there. But I think that would be uh, really, really important for any business owner to hear is if you're thinking about maintaining operations for your bottom line right now, that can come back negatively and impact you and your community beyond COVID-19. So that's, that's the one thing. And then also, I don't think that businesses should make any drastic, make any major decisions right now. I've had a couple of conversations with business owners where they're like, I'm just gonna shut the whole thing down. I'm moving on. Today's not the day in a time of tragedy and chaos. Today's not the day to make that kind of decision. That's a really big decision to make. I say we let the economy come back a little bit and understand what services are going to be needed, what events are coming back online before you make any major big decision about the direction of your business. That makes a lot of sense, Lita. So I just tell the audience as well, if there are any questions, please feel free to ask us. Yeah. And, uh, so according to Lisa, what are some of the most important steps to take in order to be financially successful at both the personal and professional level, right now but otherwise as well? Well, mostly I think that you have to you have to really get a handle on your spending. Everybody's financial uh, uh, ability to grow financially is that they're not overspending. And I think that a lot of people are now realizing the value of saving. That debt at a certain point works when you're investing in a business, you're growing in a business, it makes sense. But having that saving set aside, no one's going to argue right now that having that three or six months cash flow reserve set aside, it's a really, really good idea. Having money in the bank makes you feel secure and safe and less chaotic. And you've got to give yourself permission to, to do that and prioritize that over certain things in our businesses that we want to be able to do. We want to be able to pay our people. I get that. We want to be able to grow, but you've got to make sure that there's that the foundation is there first. And in your household also, the foundation has to be there. I get culturally, there's, there might be people all over the world listening to this. America, we're great at spending. We're not that great at saving. So we gotta get there. We've gotta move to a savings mentality and mindset 
for our safety and security. But also the other thing is when we're investing, it's really important, especially entrepreneurs, we like to invest in all kinds of things. We like to build all kinds of things. We've got to focus on return on investment. Make sure every dollar you're spending right now that you have the ability to see a return on that investment. If you don't and you don't know, don't spend that money until you've done the work and got the coaching and answered the right questions to know that the money you are spending is going to help you grow strategically. That's really, really important right now. We have a question from our audience. Which sectors can be profitable to start business after COVID? It remains to be seen. I mean, my guess, my professional guess would be technology, education, I think that um, we're seeing education move dramatically online right now. So I think that online education is gonna be a great place to go and think about building, helping children um, continue and have continuity in education and, and multi-level dimensional educational experience is gonna be really important. Um, technology, like I said, will be really big. People, um, people in health, at-home health, at home, do it yourself kind of services. People are home now and they're realizing they really like being home. So that's, I think, going to be a sector we'll see grow. Also, I think uh, online technologies that will help and continue people, um, continue supporting people to telecommute. So remote working, I think we'll see more of that, especially with millennials in the workplace right now. They're going to they're gonna be in even higher demand for that. So uh, I think uh, also entertainment, at-home entertainment, and uh, will, be, will be something that you'll want to keep looking at. And I think that we're going to see our food service change a lot. So food service, maybe people will still go to restaurants. I don't know that they're going to be going to restaurants so aggressively right now, but they're still going to look for ways to socialize. So if you can meet a need there, I think that's going to be a really great sector that we're going to see grow over time as well. I hope that answers your question. So Lisa, I had one. Why yes. finance and why especially women? I mean, you know, why the stress and our focus on, you know, women especially while, you know, you're teaching finances. So that's great, but I just wanted to know what inspired you to do that. Yeah, well, I, it's this one statistic that I, that's in my heart every single day, and it, it's really eye-opening, and I think it's so, so important, is that 85% of the world's wealth is spent by women. 85%? 85, and this comes from a global organization. It's called Women's Entrepreneurship Day and over 140 countries participate in it. And that one statistic for me was eye-opening. But guess how much of the world's wealth we actually make? 30, 40? 10%. 10%? 10%. So we have the spending power, which means we're making decisions every single day with our money. We're spending a great deal of it. We're making 10% of the world's wealth. So that's a huge gap that I see. We have women that are, we have more women who are uh, CEOs and executives and entrepreneurs than we ever have before, but I think we can do better. And so I would, I would love to be that voice for women to say, hey, we're doing well, we've got a whole lot more work to do. And I know controlling our spending, when we spend differently, that's our vote. 
85% of the world's wealth is being spent by us. So when we're spending it differently, we can change the world. Right? Right. That's mind-boggling. I had no idea. 85%. That's huge. It's huge. It's huge. So I, I just know having my own struggles with money, having my own conversations about self-worth, being the only female business owner in my family that I am very motivated to empower and inspire young women to women in their 80s to make different choices when it comes to their money because it matters. Do you have Indian clients here? Any clients? Indian clients? clients oh, Indian. India so far? I do. Um, I don't have any clients that currently live in India but I do have clients who are from India and some of my favorite students when I was in higher education uh, were Indian. I just, I, I love India. I can't wait to visit. Great. We'd love to have you here. Standing open invitation. Please just visit us whenever you can. Okay. Deal. <laughs> Great. So Lisa, my last question to you is any final actionable pointers that you would like to give that we can start on immediately for a better financial health? Yes. So this, this one formula I teach to all of my clients and I get, and I totally understand how money can be complicated. I'm on a mission to make it simple, very, very simple. And whether you're a business owner, you're someone who just manages your household finances, or you're like my 12 year old, you can look at money in this simple way and start making new choices. And that is that you have to know what you're making you have to know what you're spending and you have to know what's left at the end of the month. If you start looking at your life month to month in that way, you, you know, in order for us to grow wealth, that keep number has to grow. And what the problem is for so many, and I know this is just a real big problem in America, is that no one's keeping anything at the end of the month or they're in the negative. And that's the same for businesses. So when you look at your money that way, you have to track it month to month and understand what you're making, what you're spending, and what's left over. That's the simplest way that I can teach money. And it's so easy that I think that my nine-year-old can do it and start to make new choices based on those actual numbers. Perfect. Now that does make perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> But we don't do it that way, right? And so, yeah. Not, yeah, of course. I mean, it's not that easy. You don't even think of it. But yes, just to save, you have to do that. Especially this crisis has shown that the savings are so important and you have to have them. Whether it's a business or personal finances, absolutely. You do. And if you were to, if you had the courage to go back and look and answer that one question for the last six months, you'd have a whole lot more clarity on what to do moving forward. Thank you so much for your time and for being with us.